Hey everyone, this is Free Food for Thought, a student-run, student-focused podcast here to feed your curiosity. I'm Sophie, and welcome to this episode of Free Food for Thought, the Professor Series. Today, we're sitting down with Professor Megan Gallagher, a professor of literature at Claremont McKenna College and the assistant director of CMC's Center for Writing and Public Discourse. Professor Gallagher earned her bachelor's in English and TESOL, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages, and master's degree in English from the University of Northern Iowa, and her PhD in English from Claremont Graduate University. You may know her from her freshman writing seminar on post-apocalyptic humanity. Thanks so much for joining us today, Professor Gallagher. Hey, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you end up at CMC? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I originally came out to California for my PhD program, uh, which is right across the library from CMC, so <laughs> pretty close. Um, and then while I was working on my English PhD, I started working at the writing center at the grad school. And then from there, I had a friend who had was tutoring at CMC in some capacity and was like, oh, you should really check out their uh, Center for Writing and Public Discourse. Like they're hiring for like a part time, um, like office assistant kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like that would be something I would enjoy. Um, and I, I did, <laughs> as it turns out. So uh, that was four and a half years ago. And then I worked uh, part time at CMC while I finished my dissertation. And then the last two years, I've been dissertation done, PhD in hand, and um, working full time at the Writing Center. And then I also, as you said, teach a freshman writing seminar. Awesome. Um, do you think that there's like a specific inflection point that you would say like changed your like life or career trajectory that pointed you here? Um, yeah, I think uh, like at my, I think it's really my job at the Writing Center um, and also just CMC in general. Uh, <laughs> I was a little skeptical that uh, about my fit there, I guess, when I first applied, but I was like, let's see. Um, and it's absolutely my favorite place that I've ever taught. Uh, I've never had a bad student. <laughs> um, and this is one of the only places I can say that. And I've taught here the longest. So um, that's kind of impressive to me that, that, that it's worked out that way, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was that job and I, cause I, for the longest time thought like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do tenure track. I want to do, um, you know, I want, I want to be a professor. Like I want all of these things. Uh, then my time at the writing center, like so many people will learn after graduating is that there's so many careers that you just don't even consider because you just don't know they exist. Uh, and once I realized this was a career that existed, I was like, oh, this is the thing. This is the thing I love doing. Like, I like mentoring. I like, um, I like helping people with writing. I like watching people get that little light bulb moment uh, when they learn something new and they, it sticks. Um, and I can achieve all of those things in my current job um, without trying to get tenure or doing that. So I was like, ah, this is, this is, a, this is my sweet spot. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, having been on the opposite side as one of your students, it's definitely like a two-way street. It's like so incredible to have a professor that's so invested in like teaching students and being there and watching that light bulb go off. But I guess, did you always know you wanted to be a professor or like how did you get into like the realm of teaching English and working with students? Uh, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher um, and then what type of teacher started to change as I aged. So like as a little kid, I pictured myself as like an elementary teacher because that's what I knew. Um, then, you know, like every every year I progressed, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is the thing I would rather do. Like I love, I love teaching, but this is my subject area that I know. At high school, like English, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, high school English teacher, I figured it out that's what I'm going to do. And I went to um, University of Northern Iowa is one of the leading teaching schools in the Midwest. So that's why I went there. Um, that was my plan. And then uh, while I was there, I was like, man, this is really fun too. Like, <laughs> I really enjoy this age group. And so I've, I, I'm done. I really like college. <laughs> I was like, there aren't, there aren't, <laughs> there aren't people to teach after this. Uh, so I was like, okay, like this is, this is the one for me. So, and I, young adults are my favorite population of people so that everyone is shiny and new and has so much optimism and like so much like faith in themselves but also a little uncertainty um but, but like that's where their possibilities are and so that's really fun for me like this you all are hands down my favorite group of people thank you <laughs> usually we aren't people's favorite group of people but I would do you know. not get it yeah I was like uh thank you for TikTok by the way that has single-handedly like gotten me through some tough times in this pandemic I was like no Gen Z is where it's at so yes I am a, I'm a fan awesome well um I actually noticed from um your dissertation that you had an interest in English lit and um early modern drama and your uh dissertation at CGU was on Shakespeare. And so I'm really curious as to like, what interest, what inspired this interest and what role does it play in your professional life? I mean, like English lit or like so broad, like how would you settle there on as an academic interest? Uh, yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I mean, partially my answer is kind of lame and that it's that this is the thing I was good at. So I just kept doing it because it was nice to be good at something uh <laughs> so I like uh, that was kind of a sweet spot for me I one of the things I often have to ask myself is like do I enjoy this or do I enjoy being good at this uh whatever this might be I can fill it in in any kind of thing um and that's a reflection that I do as, often as an adult that has saved me from like doing things that I'm good at but I don't necessarily want to do all the time. Um, but my dissertation parlays a couple of my interests. So it is the early modern drama. Uh, what I did in a nutshell is I used uh, a computer software program that's uh, designed to read huge quantities of literature and like look for patterns. And then I turned it around to look at one or two, I suppose, one play and look at the punctuation changes uh, over time with editing to see, because when Shakespeare wrote the plays, uh, they weren't punctuated. So any punctuation has been added 
added sense, you know, rightly so, it makes, it's easier to read, it makes more sense that way um, for modern day readers. But uh, through it, I documented the, uh, the changes in um, how Caliban and how women are being represented in this play. And so women get really shouty and really hysterical. And Caliban, who is a person of color in this play, um, is very angry, right? It's like one of the early instances of like the angry person of color, the angry black man kind of trope that we see. Um, and a lot of that influence happens even at the level of punctuation. So uh, spoiler alert, uh, England was racist <laughs> during <laughs> during Shakespeare's time and continued to be so uh, as time wore on. So I think they're working on that, but I, they have a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds super interesting. It's also, it's almost like you like took spark notes to another level. Like that sounds super interesting, especially algorithmically. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, to answer your question with this is that that is where my real interest has always been has been like uh, socially justice minded things, um, things like how, like how does this become a better place for other people? How does this become a better place for my students, for my friends, for my staff, for, for whoever it might be? And so um, I'm always looking for ways to kind of shoehorn that in. And I've, you know, my dissertation, my my advisor was like, I guess this does work. You can do it. Cause she was like, you know, oh, there's really, we don't really do this in early modern studies. And I was like, we are doing that today though. <laughs> We're doing it now. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> but um, I guess now like you teach a class about post-apocalyptic humanity and in a lot of ways that's very different from uh, Shakespeare. Um, so I'm really curious as to like why you made the transition and like what do you find so interesting about it? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's always been like one of my pet projects, really. Like, as you point out, it's not directly tied into Shakespeare. Uh, I mean, people have always thought the world was ending. So, I mean, certainly during Shakespeare's time, they were like, it's the signs, end of days are here, uh, but it's still going. Uh, some five, 600 years later. So um, hopefully it continues to do so. But um, I like this genre a lot for the young adult <laughs> um, and my students typically like it as well. But I've, it's, uh, it's my spoonful of sugar to help the writing go down because really the main goal of the class is the writing itself. But, I, but we can write about anything. So we might as well write about something that's maybe interesting or even fun at times. Um, yeah, so that's that's really it. I'd, I mean, any post-apocalypse movie, like I'm there to go see it. Like I love the literature, like I, I enjoy all of those things. So yeah, that is how I got there. Um, the other thing about the class is that I am pretty intentional about decolonizing my syllabus for this class. Uh, post-apocalypse uh, as a genre is pretty white male centric can it certainly can be uh, but it doesn't have to be there's a lot of good works by uh, people of color black authors um, and the like and you can find these works if you dig a little so I was like all right I can dig <laughs> um, and so that's 
yeah, so people sign up kind of for this class and it's like, surprise, we're talking about feminism, <laughs> we're talking about, um, you know, social, social justice and things of that sort, like in, in this framework. Yeah, I never thought in a college level writing class, I'd be reading a comic book, but you know, life throws surprises at you and that one was really welcome. And, you know, it was a great class. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, for all the incoming freshmen slash freshmen listening, you know, great opportunity to read some super interesting work. But um, I'm wondering if you have any like silver linings, if any at all of like teaching in the ongoing virtual environment. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the the silver lining for me has been just seeing that like all my students have still hit those same benchmarks that I like look for at any semester. Like that first paper, as you probably remember, is always a little rough. Um, and then second paper, a couple of people start to kind of get it. Third paper, most people are like, boom, on board, they're ready to go. Um, and that's still been the case, right? So it's it's been amazing to me that <laughs> that with all of the things going on, with the time zone differences, with all of this like that, my students are they still are so great like it's even even in this like it has made me even more appreciative um of who i'm who i get to teach at any given point here um the other kind of silver lining is it uh caused me to totally do redo the second half of my syllabus so this semester when we do world war z which is about a zombie plague outbreak that originates in rural China and slowly spreads across the world into an uh, epic pandemic. <laughs> um, and it documents that whole process. It documents how people use it to try to sell fake, uh, fake cures and how they blame immigration. And so it, it's a, actually in the spring, I had canceled the book because it was just too fresh for everybody right like I was like we're not we're not going to read a book that like kind of outlines this in this way uh at this point um but I brought it back for the fall and I brought it back for the spring because it's kind of hopeful on the back end if you're on the back end of a pandemic um but the assignment now is that my class is writing a novella as a collective group so um, and they're doing it in the same narration style as World War Z. And Dean of Students is going to pay for me to print and bind their texts and mail them to them. So everybody will have like a book, <laughs> like they, they, we will have written a book as a class, um, which is kind of exciting and something I hadn't done before. And I don't know that it would have come to me. Um, my students are using this, they're writing about their experience in COVID at different points with the COVID thing. And it, it, it's, they have such interesting um, and vast experiences with this that, um, yeah, I, th I think it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, you know, you're chronicling, you know, history in a way through your class and kind of mirroring what, what what now seems kind of funny that somebody wrote about it and it was entirely fictional with like maybe a hint of truth and now it's like we're watching it unfold so I, I think that that's 
super awesome and like a, a great way to uh, get students thinking about something else that like I wouldn't have necessarily thought about. But um, yeah, I guess on a more personal note, I know you have many roles both inside and outside of the CNC community, like cat mom, assistant director of the CWPD and professor, like how do you manage all these different responsibilities and how do you think the pandemic has affected that? Um, I mean, in some ways, I feel like I have this abundance of time right now. And then other ways, I feel like I've never been busier. Like I like the end of the day comes and I just like hit my bed and I'm out like I don't like I've I've no why I don't know. Um, But uh, yeah, my other roles, uh, I mean, cat mom and teaching has been interesting. My cat, um, mercifully is napping and now, but he frequently makes uh, an appearance for things. He just meows all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just a little bit of like, just learning to care a little less about certain things and to also like try to extend as much grace to other people and like kind of hope for some grace in return um, is kind of how that's gone for me. But, but yeah, I've, I don't know. My roles have been pretty stable, I think, in this pandemic, surprisingly. Um, you mentioned earlier that like TikTok has played a part in your pandemic. I'm that's curious. True as to what you think like the the best TikTok trend is or like what's your favorite TikTok trend? Oh, I mean, I like the most current ones that as soon as I see them, right? I'm like, this is amazing. Um, I've, I really enjoy the people that like throw their clothes on themselves. Like that was kind of a fun, but like, and then people got creative and like, we're doing it to pets or like babies or things. Like it was, yeah, like I just, it's, it's fun. It's a fun little outlet to see people just being kind of silly and like also being silly, like at home, like doing, doing all the things they're supposed to be doing, like social distance wise and things. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm a sucker for funny and like every one of them is funny to me. So yeah, I'm a big TikTok fan, just a viewer at the moment. I don't, I don't really put my own out there yet. We'll see. We'll get there. We'll get there yeah. eventually. Hopefully when we're all back on campus to a full class zombie run <laughs> through the five C's. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I'm really curious. Would you say that there's like a book or a series that has really impacted you either personally or professionally? Um, I mean, professionally, my all-time favorite is Paradise Lost by John Milton. Um, it is... Uh, a series of smaller books that kind of function like chapters. Uh, it, fun fact, it takes about the same length of time as doing a load of laundry to read one of them. So with just a couple of loads of laundry, you too can have read Paradise Lost. <laughs> um, personally, I really like um, like high fantasy like fiction. Like I like rich world building. I like... Um, you know, very, like, I, I like Brandon Sanderson is uh, an a author I really enjoy. He writes really big, like, fat novels uh, that are just delightful. And they, like, just, I'm a, I'm escapist at heart. <laughs> so if I can, if I'm reading something for fun, like, it's probably an escapist fiction. So then I guess, what are your thoughts about Harry Potter? Oh, I mean, 
if only we knew who the author was. <laughs> Such a great series, but it's a, yeah, it's a, <laughs> who knows? It's an author that I think we canceled and rightly so. Um, yeah, I loved it as a kid. I have a hard time really selling it to people now because I think JK Rowling's um, views on trans people are absolutely atrocious. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as a, as a child, certainly. And I, I found Brandon Sanderson by Googling books for people that like Harry Potter. <laughs> so I was looking for like, I was like, okay, who is someone? And Brandon Sanderson is a, is a very seemingly nice man who's a professor of creative writing um, at Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. Um, so so I was like, okay. I was like, this person's invested in not absolutely <laughs> just being trash later on, hopefully. So, so far seems okay. <laughs> Good to know. That's awesome. Um, I guess like to wrap it up, do you think there's like a song or album that you like want to recommend to our listeners that maybe like got you through a pandemic or is like a staple in your listening library? Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm a Spotify kind of, kind of person, which I, I know there's Apple music folks out there and I'm not disrespecting them. Um, but, uh, I lean Spotify because I don't, I don't have Mac things really. Um, <laughs> I have an iPad that I won at a raffle, but otherwise that's my only Mac product. Um, but so Spotify, I I do listen to, I like kind of that like I like EDM things, but I also like the slower kind of like happy upbeat ones. So like Ratatat Radio um, is a is a delightful station if you're just trying to like have like a good vibe, but also still like do other things. So like I can listen to that while I'm working or doing something else. It's not one of those that I have to like solely just listen to it. So yeah. Awesome. Um and my last question for you is like, as a professor going through this pandemic, like all of us, do you have any like advice for students on like the rest of the semester, or just like the experience in general? Um, I mean, oh yeah, I like I, I wish I I wish I had some like really good ones, but uh, like the thing that's been getting me through is just like reminding myself that like everyone is trying their best, like even even when they're not at their best <laughs> or when their behavior is something that leaves something to be desired like there might be something going on with them or there might be something you know that they need support that they haven't reached out for and so uh for me that kind of gets me through because it it helps it lets me just like extend love and positive sort of energy and just general directions so um that has been my strategy it's kind of how i try to just live in general, it's a happy way to live. I'm a pretty happy, happy person. So um, I recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> give, <laughs> extend as much grace to others as you can when you have the power to do so. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Professor Gallagher. And to our listeners, stay hungry and see you on the next episode of the Professor Series. Thank you, Sophie.